This is the Registry Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Real Perspectives Podcast. I'm your host, Vladimir Bosanets, where we dive deep into the real estate stories, real estate experiences, and real estate viewpoints from some of the most intriguing figures in the industry. And speaking of intriguing, today's guest promises to deliver an episode you won't want to miss. I'm thrilled to introduce Kelly Lovshin from BXP. For those not in the know, Kelly is the lead for the Pacific Northwest market for BXP, and she resides and works in Seattle. The journey to success is never linear, and today we'll uncover Kelly's path back to Seattle, and of course, those unique perspectives that have propelled her forward in the often challenging terrain of commercial real estate investment and ownership. But beyond just her professional journey, we'll delve into Kelly's thoughts on the current industry trends, her forecasts for the future, and those invaluable tidbits of advice for our listeners who might be on the brink of their next big venture. So whether you're a seasoned expert, a budding real estate entrepreneur, or simply curious about what makes the movers and shakers of our time tick, this episode promises insights, revelations, and perhaps that spark you've been waiting for. Welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Kelly, good afternoon. How are you? I'm great, Vlad. Thank you for having me on today. Absolutely. Yeah. Where do we find you today? Where are you? I am sitting in my office in uh, downtown Seattle. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, So, Kelly, by way of introduction, um, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself, your sort of uh, uh, role at Boston Properties and sort of how, how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. Um, So my role at Boston Properties right now is I uh, run the Seattle region for us. That's our newest region that we opened. Um, As far as my background on how I got to that role, I... I'm the first one in real estate in my family, so it was a it was a winding path. I didn't necessarily know all the facets of real estate. Um, I was a curtain wall engineer actually at first, actually here in Seattle. Uh, then I was a general contractor in New York City, where I was part of a team that built high rises, and that's actually how I met Boston Properties. I built a high rise for them in 2007 uh, called 250 West 55th. Um, from that, I moved into development and then executive management. And uh, I came in-house at Boston Properties BXP uh, in 2017. I worked out of our New York office. And then we've been trying to open in Seattle for actually uh, about over five years. Okay. Um, and we ended up pursuing an opportunity in Los Angeles first. And, um, but I wanted to move back to Seattle. And so our leadership gave me the opportunity to move out here and run point on us acquiring assets and hopefully opening our sixth region here in Seattle. So I moved here March 1st, 2020. <laughs> uh, perfect timing to arrive in a city. Just two weeks before everything went <laughs> shut, right? That's yes. a great time to do that. It was an interesting time. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm very goal-oriented. We adjusted goals really quickly. But our passion for Seattle and wanting to be here, that never changed. Yeah, And so it might have evolved uh, differently than we would have thought, you know, when we talked about this in early 2020, but um, feel very proud of what we've accomplished in the three years uh, that I've been here. 
Yeah, I think it'd be worthwhile also giving a little bit of a of an overview of sort of Boston properties. Uh, we don't have to get into a lot of detail about the company, but just a little bit about sort of you know the markets in which it's in. You said you know this is your sixth market, so you know what are the other five, and kind of what are the types of assets that the company usually goes after. Absolutely. So BXP was founded in 1970 by Mort Zuckerman and Ed Lindy. We became public in 1997. Our leadership now is Owen Thomas, who's chairman and CEO, and Doug Lindy, who's our president. We're the largest publicly traded developer, owner, manager of premier workplaces in the U.S. And so we are in Boston, Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco, D.C., and now Seattle. Our portfolio uh, per Q1 totals about 54.5 million square feet and 192 properties. And those properties are comprised of office, retail, life science, residential, and we actually have one hotel. Yeah, interesting. And it's and it's also interesting that you are essentially in the, in the coastal markets, uh, sort of maybe that's by accident, right? Um, more than anything, but but I am I am curious. You know, on the on the West Coast, you mentioned there was an expansion to Southern California. I know you've been also in Northern California. Um, how important are sort of these Western markets to the organization overall? Um, I would say they're very important. We we like the gateway cities. It really it it depends on the companies and talent in the cities. Our leadership has done a really good job in identifying the markets that we would be in. We opened in San Francisco about 25 years ago. So we have been on the West Coast for a while. LA uh, was about 2016 and now uh, in Seattle here. So we've got uh, three cities on the West, three cities on the East Coast, and um, very proud of all six. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, in terms of Seattle, uh, so tell us a little bit about, you know, what the thought process for the company was, you know, how you evaluated this market. You know, you said you've been after it for a few years before you decided to make the acquisition here. And then um, just for the benefit of, of our audience, you know, w- w- what was that first acquisition here? Great question. So um, the reason we identified Seattle was the amazing talent pool that comes out of here. And it's easy for us to probably name a couple headquarters. A couple come to mind for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, this is a hub of many, many regional headquarters. So there is Microsoft and Amazon, but let's not forget there's Starbucks, there's Nordstrom, there's Costco, Eddie Bauer, Seattle Children's, Fred Hutch. You know, there's a great diversity of headquarters, um, which is uh, something that we would look at. It's also a city that's been, you know, in the top for relocation and population growth. So it's a wonderful quality of life. So that's why we identified it. We thought there would be great opportunities for us to kind of plant our flag um, as a long-term holder and manager in premier workplaces. And so when I arrived, we we are an opportunity-focused-based company. So there's no set mandates, you know, by this, by this time. It really comes down to good opportunities. So typically, we develop um, and have existing assets in, in some of our markets. That's usually about 50-50. Yeah. Um, so we were looking at all of those opportunities. 
Safeco Plaza was our first flag. I, I will tell you, um, I wanted it for a long time. <laughs> and the reason was, is it's a full city block. It's right in the CBD. It's a full city block. It, um, it has a great floor plate for our clients. It's a, a square floor plate with a square center core. But it's uh, changed hands quite a few times. The back of house spaces, you know, generator, bus stack, that all had been updated, but the amenities hadn't. And um, something we're really good at is repositioning buildings and changing, you know, the conversation I hear a lot about Safeco Plaza is, you know, my parents work there, my grandparents work there, where we're going to change it so you want to work here, you know, make it today, even though it's 53 years young, which is what I call it. Yeah. Um, so we bought it to do just that. And actually we are underway right now. So we closed on it, uh, September 1st of 2021 and the repositioning is underway. Now we actually have scaffolding up renderings out in our lobby and are really proud of the wonderful, uh, amenities that we are going to add for our clients and future clients in this asset. Yeah. I would be remiss, you know, if I didn't at least ask one question about, you know, just in terms of, you know, occupancy and maybe you don't want to go into, you know, specific detail, but expectations and kind of like, you know, where the, you know, reality is in terms of, you know, where things are today. Here we are talking, you know, at the end of Q2 of 2023, I am curious, you know, are you seeing more activity inside the building? Are you seeing more companies wanting to come back in? What's what's your impression of sort of that um, part of the city? Um, I you know it's a great question and, and definitely one that we're asked a lot. I, I think our West Coast cities are are definitely much slower to return than our East Coast. But on the positive side, you know one of our top employers in the region, Amazon, did um, have people come back starting May first, three days a week. Our clients, you know, professional services have been back for a while. Typically, the law firms, if you want to keep your office and your your personal stuff in that office, you need to be in a minimum of three days a week. Yeah. So the technology might be slower, but um, but I'm seeing positive increases every month, especially this year, uh, on companies returning, which is great to see. Yeah, and there was a um, there was a CEO of a um, large investment firm also that um, you know invests you know across North America, also in Europe and Asia that 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 said there is a strong correlation um, with occupancy to public transportation, and Seattle has actually pretty good public transportation, I would argue. Um, are are you noticing also you know that as a factor in terms of you know it's easier for people to come back into the downtown? Um, you know, it's safe, you know, it's, um, it, you know, there are, there are amenities, uh, you know, the sun's shining these days, right? So it is sort of nicer to walk around. It, are, are those some of the other factors that, that you feel are, you know, beginning to drive uh, people's interest to get back into the office? I think that's definitely a factor. I think it's also collaboration with your coworkers, you know, having a five minute Teams call or walking into each other's offices to touch base. I think it's always better to to be in person for that. The Seattle region, including Bellevue and Redmond, you know, they've been working on this light rail for many years. And um, so that East side link will be key uh, as it opens in the next year and a bit. So I think it's great that they were ahead of that even before 
2020. And I do think sunshine comes into it, but it also just kind of depends on, on the employer, you know, um, whether they're, you know, enforcing it or not. And, um, and I think more people are realizing that we are stronger when we work together in person. Um, and so that's why you're seeing more and more announcements of companies uh, coming back uh, a few days a week. Yeah. What are some of the things that you guys are doing in the building? And I'm curious also, um, you know, if if that's evolving as well, you know, if people and by people, I mean, your, you know, tenants needs are you know, changing or evolving with it, where they're beginning to ask for things that maybe a couple of years ago, a year ago, they wouldn't have asked for. But now it seems like a, you know, crucial element instead of helping bring, bring people back into the office. Great question. I, you know, we're a long-term holder and manager. So we pride ourselves on our in-house management engineering teams and the wonderful relationships they have with our clients. So I would say no matter the cycle, you know, in a company that's been around for over 50 years, we are constantly checking in with our clients to make sure we can create a great environment for them uh, and their employees. I think right now amenities are, are a big conversation, right? If you're used to working from home and, you know, sitting in a conference table or, you know, living room furniture or stuff like that, you know, having great amenities. So it's not just come in quickly, sit at your desk, but there's other options to collaborate together and meet with people. I I think that's key right now. Um, And so we also do client events, you know, to try to help, you know, lunches, breakfasts, um, you know, rooftop events at Madison Center. So, you know, we do these things to to make it a great environment so you're excited to come into the office. Um, yeah. What are those amenities, if you, if you don't mind, you know, me asking you, you know, mentioned a few of them, uh, but but are, are you hearing some sort of specific um, requests? I, I would argue back in the day it used to be, I don't know, things like, you know, being able to pick up your, you know, dry cleaning and stuff like that, right? Right. In some markets, the amenity was, you know, transportation to the office, right? Or, you know, daycare. Um, is is that evolving? Um, are, are you seeing kind of new things pop up as, uh, as the workforce sort of evolves as well? That's a great question. I think all of those amenities are still present today. I remember when we built rooftop outdoor space, Um, And people came to us saying, why are you building outdoor space Uh, for an office building? I said, well, you like outdoor space at home, so you're going to want it in the office building. And I think that's become something we purchased Madison Center just last year. And uh, it's the only rooftop amenity. Um, Some of our other some of the other buildings in downtown have it on the setback, but we actually have it at the top of the building. So it's a great amenity and our our clients use it. A lot. There's actually a lot more sunshine than people think in Seattle. Um, <laughs> don't, you, don't tell people. Don't tell people. <laughs> Everyone's relocating. I think they're figuring yeah, out. Yeah, Kelly, we don't, want it, we don't want that secret to come out quite yet. <laughs> um, as we're sitting in our beautiful 80-degree sunny day today. But um, So that's been wonderful. I think it's just adding to it, right? So large conference rooms where you can do you know, 150 person training session that you might not build out on your floor. Um, So at Safeco, we are 
adding, you know, a boardroom, a library, conference center, bike hub. Seattleites love riding bicycles. And so, um, you know, want to make a great space for them, whether it's, you know, a regular bike, an electronic bike, electric scooter. Uh, So we're creating that and then increasing the fitness center, right? The fitness center can't check a box. It needs to be a great space. Um, So I think it's just listening to your clients and constantly evolving. But I I wouldn't say that there's anything right now. Um, It's just creating spaces that are inviting and people can use. Uh, And that's what we're, we're focused on. And at Madison Center, Honestly, I think it has the best amenity package in the city. It's over 30,000 square feet of amenities that were built uh, when the building was built in 2017. It's um, beautifully done with the rooftop, conference center, library, boardroom, and our large uh, rotunda lobby. So uh, we also partnered at Madison Center with the WAC. So that's the Washington Athletic Club. Yeah, It's the number one you know fitness facility in the city. And... We partnered with them and they run our fitness center in Madison Center. So they do great, you know, cycling classes and rooftop yoga and massages and nails and just providing these types of amenities so that the clients, when they do need a break, they have something great that's already in the building that they're at. Yeah. I'm curious, um, when you, um, you know, left Seattle and, um, you know, did work in New York City and other sort of places, by the time you came back, this was a very different place, I would imagine. Um, What sort of surprised you the most in terms of sort of how, you know, the city has evolved, the companies that are here? um, What were some of your first, first, first impressions? Well, we wouldn't have met in South Lake Union. <laughs> you and I would not have hung out there uh, or grabbed a coffee, right? That was a warehouse space back in the day. Uh, so it's been amazingly transformed into this wonderful area. I, you know, not much has surprised me. Seattle is not a transient city. Most people are from here or went to UW, the University of Washington, it's, it's very dissimilar from New York. You don't really come here and work a couple years and then leave. They, they really invest in the city and have pride in the city, and that has stayed the same. Um, and it was wonderful to join the real estate community here because it is quite small but very inviting, and we really do support each other. And it's not just about owning real estate. Um, it's about supporting and volunteering in your community and, uh, really making an impact. And so that, that's been amazing. Even, even though two of the three years I've been here, um, have been, you know, with COVID and, and shutdowns, I've had amazing opportunities to join the community at, on the UW Runstead board, uh, as well as, you know, NAOP's really great here, ULI. Um, so it's, you know, if you speak up and are ready to volunteer and contribute, they are very welcoming in that. And, um, I'm really proud to be a part of this, this community here and this city. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned COVID and obviously it was, um, it was a big disruptor, I think in so many ways, not just for your industry, your company, but for everybody else. I'm curious uh, for Boston Properties as, as an enterprise, you know, what are some of the things, and, and aside from the obvious ones, right, but 
what are some of the things that you as a company had to, you know, reevaluate, rethink, and kind of, um, you know, evolve, if you will, with sort of um, how the new things are done these days? Well, when I, you know, March 1st, 2020, the, <laughs> everything shifted on March 18th, right? The city shut down. So um, I did two tours and, uh, and then everything kind of closed. But some of the things I personally did is I changed my number to a Seattle number. So I wasn't calling from a New York cell phone. But what was interesting, Vlad, you know, in 2020, it was a very difficult year for lots of people. And um, but everyone was home. So when I called to introduce myself and explain our company and why, you know, we want to grow and invest in this city, um, I got to meet a lot of people uh, because, you know, people weren't traveling. They weren't, uh, you know, going anywhere. And so. Um, it was a different way to meet people. Uh, I definitely enjoy more in-person interactions, but that wasn't afforded to us. So it was calling and, you know, talking over the different platforms, um, and really, you know, just explaining who we are and, and why we want to invest in the city and what we're looking at. I think when you've been through a couple of these cycles, it's, you stay true to your mission and the company's vision. And that was to open here. And um, so I stayed with that. So whether it was something that was on the market or off the market, you know, just looking at it, how would we, how could we invest in this city and make an impact and explain to the city who we were? And that's how I've always looked at it. Our great leadership is incredibly supportive. Um you know, once they were able to fly, they came right out. And, uh, and so I'm lucky to have wonderful leadership and to be with a company that's been around for so long that we just know that sometimes you have to look at the humble long game. So it's, uh, it's staying true to the opportunities that you would buy, whether it's a good time or a downturn, right? Because when you're a long-term holder, that's going to happen in the cycle that you own the building. But just identifying that land or assets. Um, so that stayed pretty similar. And we were lucky to um, purchase Safeco uh, in 2021 and then Madison Center just last year. So now we have almost 1.5 million square feet here in Seattle, which is incredible. Uh, yeah. And hopefully we continue to grow that. That's definitely my role um, here with our leadership and uh I'm constantly looking at opportunities. So, uh, yeah. So now, now, now that you've said that, can I ask you about that? What are some of the opportunities? And may, I know you can't tell me specifically what you're looking at, but in kind of, um, you know, general terms, what are the types of properties, or maybe what are uh, you know things that you're looking in in a property that would attract you guys to um, invest more? It's a great question. It's a it's a strange time. To buy and sell, right? Yes. So <laughs> if, you're, if you're selling right now. That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. If you're selling right now, why? If you're buying right now, why? Um, but we've had in uh, other downturns wonderful, opportun- wonderful opportunities for growth. And we've purchased amazing assets, right? So um, I, I'm hopeful there will be. I, I would say exactly what you kind of mentioned before follow public transportation. <laughs> and every developer is going to say, well, of course. 
but um, but that's what how we look at it. You know, it's the CBD of Seattle. You know, Bellevue, Redmond, Spring District. Looking at all the areas where those regional headquarters I spoke about are. You know, where do people want to work? Where do they want to live? And then looking within not only commercial, residential, life science, all three of those. Um, and so, you know, you just will have to see how the environment continues to evolve. But I think there will be great opportunities uh, that present themselves this year and into next year. Yeah, undoubtedly. And I think some of that will come through distress as well, um, um, you know, which will be, I think, uh, an interesting next 24 months, I think, for the industry, for sure. As you um, look at sort of, you know, what's going on more broadly throughout the commercial real estate space, um, you know, I think it's obvious what's happening as a result of increased interest rates and all this other stuff. Are, are there other things that, that you would like to highlight that maybe doesn't get as much kind of media coverage or maybe just things that you kind of like to track to get a sense of where where things are? Well, right now, for the Seattle market, which is where, you know, I focus, we need our top five employers to stabilize. So, you know, the, not having everybody back to the office or them having a mandate that kind of delays, um, you know, us knowing exactly how much uh, commercial office space is needed or not needed, right? Because right now we're still in a little bit of flux. So I, you know, we really kind of need those larger employees to stabilize so we understand the demand right now of our current clients or tenants in the market. And, and by that, do you also mean, uh, you know, not laying people off as well, right? Not Not just bringing people back, but understanding sort of what the employee needs are going to be? Yes. And I, you know, a lot of these companies really increased their workforce over the past three years, right? So um, never wish for anyone to be laid off, but that it's still a pretty small percentage of how much they've increased. So, you know, um, want to see where that goes. Obviously, I can't comment on other companies and, and their plan for that, but um, definitely just kind of need to see where the job market ends up, to your point, it was a really hot market, um, you know, employee driven more than employer. And then, you know, people still at home. And so I think as we continue to see positive uh, people coming back and using more uh, of the great amenities downtown, whether that's the theater, sports and all of that, I think I think we'll continue to see positive momentum i'm hoping switching gears here and as we you know uh close the conversation i i i like to end it on a you know a couple of personal notes if if that's okay um we've gone through a period of like really big adjustment um over the last few years um and i am curious you know as a younger demographic is sort of entering the workplace also right what would be some kind of pieces of advice, uh, maybe even something you would tell your younger self um, to people entering the industry, right? How, how they should learn, how they should aspire um, to, you know, be better. Um, what, are, what are some things that you would, uh, you would advise them? Oh, that's a great question. I, I think what I always tell people when they ask me is be true to yourself and your strengths. Um, don't try to emulate 
you know, what you see others have done. I, I think when you're true to your own strengths, uh, you're more successful and you find passion in, in what you're doing. In the beginning, um, be a sponge. Learn as much as you can. Master as much as you can. Real estate has so many options. Um, I haven't really met anyone with the same path. And, and that, that provides a lot of opportunities. So I think, you know, really mastering whatever the task is that you're given and then learning and continuing to learn uh, is really important because you just never know where your real estate path will go. Um, and the no's are just as important as the yeses. If you work on something and, you know, residential and you realize it's not for you, that's, that's just as important as finding something that is. And so I think my advice would be just stay open, be, be very true to who you are, uh, so that you're always honest and authentic with yourself and, and learn as much as you can. Wonderful. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Really enjoyed uh, meeting you and uh, look forward to connecting with you soon. Vlad, this was very nice of you. Thank you so much for having me on today and I really appreciate it. That was another episode of the Real Perspectives podcast and we thank you for taking the time to listen to it. Conversations like these help us comprehend our evolving industry better and hopefully provide a perspective that helps you understand the dynamics of commercial real estate. If you like this episode, please subscribe to our show and tell your colleagues about it. That is the best way to spread the news and help us remain relevant across the industry. Cheers. Cheers.